0: mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Prodigal isn't the, a word that you use in day-to-day speech, is it? It seems like it's one of those Bible words, you know, those words that you read in the scriptures, but you don't use when you're talking to people on the street. You know, words like hallowed and Gentile. You know, you don't go to the post office and say, oh, hey, there's a fellow Gentile. Good to see you today. It's just aren't words that we typically Use. And so the word prodigal, if all that you know of it is this story, you have an idea of what it means. That it means something like wayward or rebellious, something like that. But in fact, that's not the definition of prodigal. Prodigal, according to my dictionary, means uh, something more like wasteful, extravagant, reckless. The sentence that my dictionary had under prodigal was something like, the, uh, the dessert was crunchy with brown sugar and prodigal with whipped cream. <laughs> I thought, that sounds delicious. <laughs> but that gives you an idea of what prodigal is really about. It's not so much about being rebellious, it's about being reckless. And when we think of it that way, with that definition in mind, I want us to come back to this familiar story with fresh eyes. Because when we do, we'll see that there's actually more than one prodigal in this story. We typically call it the prodigal son. So let's start with that younger son, the one who tends to give the parable its name. We see how he is prodigal, how he is reckless in several ways. It happens right off the bat with what he demands of his father. He comes to his dad, you know, and he says to him, all right, look, pops, I want you to give me what I've got coming to me. See, I want you to give me my share of the inheritance. Now, think about how reckless a request that is of his father. I mean, we all know that you receive an inheritance when your parent has what? Died. And so in effect, he's saying to his dad, Dad, drop dead. Right? I want my inheritance right now. Just give it to me. How reckless. And he also has this kind of entitlement attitude. I mean, it's the the essence of an inheritance is that you didn't do anything to earn it. It's simply a bequest, a gift that's given to you. And yet he acts like, hey, give me what I got coming to me. I have deserved this inheritance because why? Because I'm your son? So his heart is totally out of place. How prodigal, how reckless. But then we see that recklessness in what he does with what he gets from his father. This is where the, the parable especially gets its name, because he gets that, that money, he gets that, uh, those resources from his father, and what's he do? You know, Opens a bank account, starts to invest it shrewdly in some different stocks and bonds, and goes and lives a good middle-class life. No! <laughs> he goes away to Vegas, and he burns through it like a tornado going through a trailer park. As quick as he can, he spends all of those resources. It doesn't say exactly how quick it's gone, but we get the impression that he's using it pretty quickly. You know, he's got that money in his pocket. He is going to burn it. Before long, he realizes, hey, wait a second here. There's nothing left. I need to get a job. And as Leslie pointed out with the kids, where does he find work? He has to go working with the pigs. This is an incredible disgrace for a Jewish son to be working with the pigs. And it gets even worse because he's working alongside those pigs and he's so hungry that he starts to think, you know what, That's, that food's looking pretty good. I mean, That slop is not so bad. This is how reckless... He's become. But then we see his recklessness in one more way, how he's a prodigal in one more way. Because while he's there chewing alongside the pigs, the thought occurs to him oh, you know what? Why don't I go back to the guy I used to call dad? Because his servants are eating better than I am. I'll just go to him and I'll just become another one of his hired hands. It won't be great, but at least I'll get three square meals. But notice how he's being reckless in this sense. He has completely squandered his identity as a son. Now he thinks that his father is such a miserly old cuss that he won't even receive him back. But instead he's just going to come with hat in hand like a servant. How wasteful. How prodigal. How reckless. But look, this isn't the only prodigal in this story. Jesus tells us a man had two sons. It's not just about that first son. It's also about the second son. And it's easy for us to overlook him. I mean, after all, he is miles apart from his younger brother in so many ways. His younger brother is is lavish and wasteful, and he is... Prudent and upright. His, his younger brother is just out there being totally a lush, and he is buttoned up and, and you know, he's the picture of punctiliousness. There's a phrase for you. He is the obedient one, he is the teacher's pet. He is the one who does whatever was asked of him. But he's like his younger brother in this respect. He underestimates the kindness of his father. He has the mindset, not of a son, but of a servant. He gives that status of sonship, short shrift. He's out there in the fields, like he always is. He's the one who was first one out, last one in, working all day, toiling away in the the heat of the day, breaking his back. And you can just imagine him out there thinking about it. Oh, here I am again, working. Do I see anybody else out here? No. Where's the younger brother? Oh, yeah, he's off chasing skirts. He's not out here helping me. And where's that father of mine, too, come to think of it? I don't see him either. And then he starts to hear some music. And remember, these are the days he doesn't have an iPod or anything like that. If he's hearing music coming from somewhere, that can only mean one thing. A party. A party. So he sees one of those hired servants. He says, Hey, 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 you bum, come over here, come over here. Yeah, what's up? So what is that music? What am I hearing? He said, You didn't hear? Your younger brother is back. Oh yeah, your father is throwing the party of a lifetime. He slayed the fattened calf, people are dancing, and so... he did what now? Your younger brother, he's back. And he's throwing him a party. Yeah, you, I mean, you should be like the mater D. You're the big brother. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not going to come in here, and even if that fattened calf sprouts wings and flies, I'm not coming in there. He's so filled with anger and resentment that he is not going to join in on that party. How reckless. And the father comes out to him to entreat him, to beg him, come into the party already. But what does the son do? Does he say, you're right, dad, you're right. I should be happy for my younger brother. I want to come in. No, instead, he turns it on the father and starts dressing down his dad. Oh, look, you want me to come into the party because this son of yours is back? (sighs) Give me a break. All my life, I have been striving and toiling for you. And what have you given me? You haven't thrown me the least bit of a party. No, I am not going to come in. And come to think of it, I couldn't care less about him or about you. It's the attitude of this older son. He treats his father like he was just a taskmaster rather than a kind and compassionate father. How prodigal. How reckless. So, an author by the name of Tim Keller. He says this. He says, the hearts of the two brothers were the same. Both sons resented their father's authority and sought ways of getting out from under it. They each wanted to get into a position in which they could tell the father what to do. Each one, in other words, rebelled but one did so by being very bad, and the other by being extremely good. Both were alienated from the father's heart. Both were lost sons. There's more than one prodigal in this story. But in fact, there is one more. Recall again our definition. to be prodigal doesn't mean to be rebellious and wayward. It means to be wastefully extravagant. It means to be reckless. And in that sense, we see that the one who is the most prodigal of all is the father. The sons, they were reckless in a negative way. But the father, the father, he was extravagant. He was reckless in a positive way. You see, that younger son comes to him and he says, hey, give me what I have coming to me. Now, the father, you're expecting, especially in that culture, which valued so much the authority and honoring of the father, you expect him to say, you want me to do what now? Give you your inheritance, your share, what you've got coming to you? You know what? How about you get out right now? But instead, what does he do? It straight away says, he divided up his property. And I want you to understand this as well. That particularly in that culture, if you were going to divide up your property, where were most, most of your assets? They were not in a 401k. They were in what? Your land. He would have had to sell the family farm in order to give his son what he was asking for. Think about how painful that must have been. How extravagant. How prodigal. How reckless. But he doesn't stop there because that younger son goes and wastes all of his father's resources and then he comes back to the father. And did you notice this? Did you notice that the father was not sitting on the porch just toe tapping, waiting for the son to get to him so he could tell him, Tisk, tisk, tisk. All right, look, yeah, okay, we'll welcome you back here, but I'm going to put you on a probationary period. See? It's okay having you back, but yes, you're going to be one of the hired servants, and maybe eventually, in a few years from now, you'll get back into my good graces. Is that what he says? Instead, he sees that younger son from a ways off, which tells us he's been doing what? Looking for him, waiting for him, longing for him. And then when he sees him, he does one of the most reckless things that an old man in that culture could have done. He starts running Children run, maybe servants run. The Familius does not run. <laughs> I mean, if you've pictured an old guy trying to run down the street, you know why this is. It's not necessarily the picture of grace and elegance, with all due respect. But there he is. He's out running to his son. And when he sees him, he throws his arms around him and starts kissing him. And the son starts giving his rehearsed, prepared speech. "Uh, Dear father, I, I have disgraced you. I don't deserve to be called your son. And the father is like, yeah, 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 yeah. He speaks to the servants and says, Go and get the fattened calf, get a ring for his fingers and the sandals for his feet. He doesn't want to hear about his son's speech. He just wants to receive him back in love. How prodigal, how extravagant, how reckless. But there's one more way that we see the recklessness of this father. And it's with the older son. And maybe this is where he's he's most prodigal of all. Because if there's somebody that no one likes, it's a party pooper. Am I right? Here they are celebrating joyfully and the older son is just pouting out there. No, I don't want to go in. Now I don't know about you, but if it's me, if I'm that father, I'm saying, you know what? Forget it guys we're going to party. If, that's, if he wants to be the party pooper, he can do it outside. He can throw his own pity party out there, okay? We don't need him. But instead, the father goes out to him, entreats him, begs him again and again, trying, come on, come on, this is your brother. And the father, and the young older son, dresses him down, insults him over and over and over again. But the father continues to seek him out. You didn't give me so much as a, a goat to celebrate. But hear the father's words, son. All that I have is yours. You aren't my servant. You're my son. I love you wholly, freely, not because of of your obedience or disobedience, not because of what you can do for me, but simply because you're mine. How prodigal, how extravagant, how reckless. But see, this is the love that the Father has for you and me. He is that father of the story. And he is quite literally reckless. We heard it in our epistle reading today from 2 Corinthians. It says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not reckoning their trespasses against them. The Father is reckless toward you and me. Instead, your sin was reckoned to his son, our good older brother Jesus. You are forgiven for his sake and welcomed and received into the family of God. This message is not one for you once in your life. This message is for you and me Every single day. And for some of you, you have been like that younger son. You have been reckless and extravagant in your life. Maybe you have strayed away from God. That you you recognize now, you look back on life and you realize that there's things that you regret. Times that, that you wasted all the blessings that he gave to you. This message is for you. The father's arms are open to you saying, come, come to the feast. But for others of us, and I think especially for those of us who've been in the church, we can tend to have a heart more like the older brother. And you start to think that God owes you something. Now hear me now. God doesn't owe you and me anything. But you know what he does do? He graciously gives us everything. If your heart... Has been cold because you started to have that sense like, when am I going to get mine? When's God going to make sure that He he looks out for me? Hear this summons for you too. The call is to you too. Come, come to the feast. Here, our Savior has set the banquet of His body and blood for one and all. He calls us to come, come in. How extravagant, how reckless. How wonderful. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to sing.